with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Well, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Blindsight. My name is Jonathan Price. I am the podcast producer here at Audio Information Network of Colorado. And if you're used to hearing Bill Lundgren's voice at the beginning, uh, don't fret, don't freak out. Uh, I am actually presenting Bill's part two with Aaron Bekola, and just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. I hope your holidays went well if you're listening to this after uh, the holiday season. I hope that your 2023 is as great as it possibly can be. Here's to looking forward to all the wonderful, amazing things. This week, Bill is talking again with Aaron Bekla. And they are talking about addiction and how to recognize signs of addiction. So without further ado, I present to you, Bill Lundgren. Well, I know one of the things that was, uh, we were able to do uh, during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, there were a lot of AA groups that started up online. And apparently we're quite, and certainly AA and the AA philosophy has been a mainstay and, and they were, it was the uh, recovery people who changed the medical field about addiction. And bounds there too. There's, um, you know, and then you get into the church communities, and it's not just AA anymore. They've got kind of some offshoots from that celebrate recovery and stuff like that. Um, that that I am sober app. I mean, you're you're again, you're 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 you know immersed in a community of people who are staying sober. Um, I believe that one even helps with a, a counter. Um, and it, you start your day and end your day with some sort of affirmation and, and, and new supports that weren't there years ago. So, I mean, it's not all gloom and doom by any means, but, you know, it's, it's again, I, I can't help but to feel like we'll take one step forward and the next thing you know, marijuana is legalized and, oh, and, and, and so is gambling. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, right. great. Well, we'll just keep at it. You know, we'll help who we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because marijuana is legal. Uh, it's real hard to get people to see that as a problem or to that the use of any chemical. We, we have the same problem with alcohol because alcohol is legal, but we haven't made any cutoff that says it's gone beyond the pale. We in the field know the cutoff, but for the general public to say, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah, It's only, you know, when there's, a real clear problem, problem in the family. Uh, For the people around the addict or the alcoholic, what kind of help do you recommend for them? For for the, like uh, a mom or something, is that what you're meaning? Like a parent? Right, right. Well, again, where can people get some help in order to learn what to do to help the person with the the problem. Because sometimes someone is willing to 
find some resources or look for some resources, but are afraid to confront the person with the problem. Right. That's often the first thing that needs to be done is for that person who's sober to realize there's a problem and then figure out how they can, uh, shall we say, confront or at least make changes in the system so Mm -hmm. that the person can think about recovery or think about getting their depression dealt with or their anxiety because the people around one have to recognize but two they have to know well what do i do here yeah yeah you know again there's a lot of resources that there never were before i mean colorado crisis services is a fantastic resource you know they've got um i think they 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 can they it's it's a 24 7 um resource in each each county um, that you could call in, you can go in, you, they, they've got vans, they can come to you. Um, now it's been years since I, I was part of that system, but, but then I, I can't imagine it's changed drastically. I mean, you had a, a, a where you could go and, and stay in a 23 hour observation overnight. Um, you could go and, um, they're typically connected to, to all their, well, they're not typically, they're always going to be connected to, you know, somebody needs to be put on a hold or needs to go to detox. Um, but I mean, it it doesn't have to go a law enforcement route as, as maybe it would have before where someone's afraid of, Mm -hmm. of, of getting in trouble. And, and, and then, and then of course, when, you know, you go to one of these community mental health centers, they're going to have just, just tons of resources available as well. So, I mean, you know, um, a, a parent in, in, in the example we used to, to begin with, they don't have to know everything. They've just got to take the initiative to reach out and, and take advantage of the resources that are there to begin with. Let the professionals who do it all day, every day, deal with it. Um, that doesn't mean they can't play an active role. Of course they can. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to know that, that, that there's Vivitrol that's an injectable that if, if they can't get kiddo to take their pill every day or something, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things and let, and let the professionals deal with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the professionals now are much better, uh, skilled in recognizing and helping people with addiction issues than they were back? Well, certainly back when I began in the field. You found it. I the, think that the, we've yeah. improved. I, I mean, there's there's no excuse for us to not uh, be able to recognize things quicker, better, um, faster. There's certainly more resources out there, just like Colorado Crisis Services. I mean, um, I, I know when I was a kid growing up, there there was no such thing as say a behavioral health worker, or they're not necessarily a, a, a licensed right. clinician, but they certainly are dealing with people mm-hmm. in full blown addiction all the time. Um, I know when I was in community mental health, they had they also had peer support where people who gained a good level of sobriety or, or something would be a prime candidate to help the others because they've been there. They've done that. They know what it's like, they understand mm-hmm. what our culture produces and they can help. So th- I, I would say, yeah, I, I think we are a lot better equipped and and and. To, to, to handle things these days than what we used to be because there's more awareness. The problem is there's more abuse. So it's, it's, it's much needed. Yeah. That's the thing. There's more abuse and it's more acceptance of abuse. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. This is what 
get to, to, to make. Well, and it's not, it's not just the acceptance. I mean, you know, when, when you and I were younger, I mean, maybe you could, could, could access vodka, for example. Well, if you, most, most young people, if they ever try a beer or vodka or they take and it, and it, their first experience is not positive, we'll say. Um, they probably sit there and wonder how on earth does somebody drink that? It tastes disgusting. That's not the case today. What's what's your flavor? Right. You like something that tastes like cotton candy? You like uh, um, something that tastes like a, a fire jelly yes. rancher? What what do you like? Because they make something that tastes just like that nowadays. So yes, I mean it's it's again it's it's not getting easier or moving away from it's again mm-hmm. that full scale mm-hmm. sprint tour. But in, in many ways, I I wonder now if. Uh, a mental health diagnosis is a lot easier for people to accept and get a child or an adult into treatment than substance abuse. So it's up to the clinician to be able to sort that out and to do a screening. I'd like to see every treatment program, a, a mental health practitioner, to use a SASE or a MASH. To, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mentioning the names of different uh, paper test that people can take that will give some indication of the difficult. That uh, someone may also yeah. be uh, it, destructively involved yeah. with the uh, uh, substance abuse. Yeah, Bill, I totally agree. You know, when I was the intensive care coordinator, I, I, I part of that job was writing residential assessments. So I. I, I bounced around to a lot of the different facilities in the state, and and in doing so, you know, I mean, a PHQ nine is pretty common, a, a GAD seven is pretty common, but like you say, I mean, but but it typically kind of ends there. What what even something as simple as a cage assessment? That's four questions. How I mean, that's so simple. That's that's not a big at, you know. Um, but I agree. Yeah, I think I think it would mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. the system to to take a a, a little more proactive. Uh, approach on that because again you know if those numbers are correct and i i'd say they're pretty close to what i have experienced where 50 percent of people with a mental health diagnosis also would qualify for a substance abuse diagnosis um and 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 really vice versa you know there's there's a lot of, of play in both directions there but yet the mental health is what's focused on in the sense of a quick you know seven question or nine question assessment well, I just use the cage since I already mentioned it. It's four questions. Why would you not ask that? So I, yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, and can you just help uh, fam- family and those around to to identify what are the characteristics when of addictive behavior, uh, or for that matter, we can you know in terms of how how they are in terms of mental health as well, but. You know, the things that you look as a therapist, what you look for to identify that the person has an addictive behavior. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned some of the bigger ones. I mean, if somebody comes in with the DTs or something like that, they're shaky, they're, you know, um, there there's physical cues like that, right? Um, those aren't typically too hard to pick up on, but if you're not looking for them, you might not. Um, I look for more subtle things, you know, right. kiddo played sports and, and, uh, 
was very active with friends and all of a sudden they don't play sport, sports anymore. Their friend group changed completely. Um, they, they used to wear their hair kind of long and now they buzz cut it or it was buzz cut before. And now all of a sudden it's, it's, it's longer and they're painting their nails or, I mean, just, just any, these, these like very noticeable changes in behaviors. And change of behavior, in other Absolutely, words. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's dramatic change in behavior. Yeah, um, and, and, and then, you know, I, I like measurables. You know, kiddo was a, a, a 3.0 plus student, and within a semester or a year, now they're a 1.8 student. Or, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of indicators if you just pay attention, you know. Um, and then there's the obvious too. Are they isolating? Are they are they staying in their room? Um, are they late for work all the time? Are they and and in in a situation where they're that's not typically them. Um, but yeah, I mean there there's there's a lot of things. I mean, and I think with with kids it's a little tougher because they they go through phases, of course. And um, I talk with right, and that's how parents is that's how parents excuse some of the ways. Oh, you know, we, uh, I remember when I was this age, I tended not yeah. to mingle with people or I withdraw. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's, but and there's some that's a sign of a problem. There's some statistical measures that support that. You know, one of the uh, studies, I, I do a little bit of coaching on um, myself and, and, you know, one of the things that, that I, I came across and, and I found it to be true is right around 13 years old, um, I, I, I just liken the phrase maturity jumps, you know, kiddos at 13 that, that used to always play soccer or baseball or whatever. And now all of a sudden they don't play anymore. Well, right around 13, that's a huge swing. You know, I mean, um, I don't want to get into TMI, but perhaps they have hair where they didn't used to have hair. They're all of a sudden five inches taller than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that girl that was so annoying on the bus on the way to school and for years, all of a sudden she's really cute and, you know, or, or, or what are you pick it, you know? So sometimes those, those changes are very reasonable and very age appropriate. They happen. They're statistically proven. But I mean, as a, as a parent, I guess in that scenario, okay, but what else is it? You know, is it, did, did, did the friend group not just change, but change drastically? And, and what are the kids like that it changed from mm-hmm. and to? Um, what about the appearance? Did the appearance go from, yeah, I don't know, wearing, wearing the same hoodies as all the other kids. And now all of a sudden it's nothing but black. Um, did the, you know, I mean, there are other cues. Yes. Some of it you can write off as, as absolutely very, very age appropriate changes and transitions and such, but cumulatively there, there should be more warning signs than that. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing from you, Aaron, from from your perspective, particularly around kids, but also with with adults, uh, maybe we look at substance abuse, addiction as part of a greater, greater issue. Uh, As you say, the numbers in terms of the pretty good, uh, pretty likelihood of mental health issues involved as well. So we can't look at it uh, really as separate issues, but mm-hmm. something in general is going on. Absolutely. And leave it to the professionals to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. Right. As to which is which, is which, which I think could be easier for parents to say, you know, I, I just see something's wrong and I wanted, you know, if we could just uh, 
have the the person that they're worried about evaluated or get them to say, well, why don't you talk to so-and-so? Then we can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Rather than our do- even doing a diagnosis. Right. Well, and, and, and you know, you, you, you touched on something within that as, as far as, as society goes and, and as numbers change and stuff, there's, there's a lot of research out there, you know, and, and I've got to kind of dig through the mm-hmm. cobwebs. But when I go back to my bachelor's degree, I remember accounting 101, my teacher told me, she said, if you remember one thing from this class, remember this, people lie, numbers don't. If you're if if your information is anything close to mm. accurate, it's going to tell you the story. Well, you know you can hop on SAMHSA.gov, I believe it is, or any any of these 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 information gathering entities, and you'll see suicide rates. Um, uh, uh, gosh, any any pick a pick a topic or pick a, a substance. I remember when I was in my, um, getting my certified addictions classes, all well, my license addictions ultimately, but, um, an article that I read, it was taught, I can't even remember which one it was, but it was talking about one of the oxys, oxy, cotton, oxycodone. I don't remember which one it was, but it was the, the gist of the article was that while the U S makes up roughly 5% of the, the world's population at that point in time, we were com- consuming 80% of whatever oxy they were talking about. If, if the average Joe can't look at that and yeah. say, Houston, we have a problem. I mean, I don't know how it could be any more glaring than that. And at that point in time, if we weren't in the top three of every substance abuse category, we were certainly in the top five. I mean, it's, 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 it's just our culture. And so absolutely. I mean, and again, we're not moving from it. We're moving towards it. Um, marijuana apparently isn't enough. Now we've got to check yeah. into some magic mushrooms and now we've got, you know, I mean, it, it just, it, to me, it's very obvious, but unfortunately I, you know, the, I, I believe the, the wine sales in, in grocery stores was approved. So I don't think that society shares my point of view in general. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've got a problem. The question is recognizing the problem and also, uh, recognizing when it is amongst us. Mm-hmm. That is, it's the people that we care about yeah. who have the problem. It's not a matter of stigma. It's a matter of they're, they're uh, uh, part of society and, uh, you know, that something's wrong. Yeah. Something's not uh, acceptable. The holiday party, that's when a lot of people go off the rails mm-hmm. and sometimes don't stop. And that's when we have to say, wait, there has to be some uh, parameters that we operate that what's okay and what is not. As you say about DUI, just drinking and driving, period. Yeah. Not just point one. The the big difficulty in substance abuse in in our our, our field is our brains. Mm. You know. We, under the influence, the lower, the uh, frontal lobe is anesthetized, and that's where we, our rational thinking is gone. Mm-hmm. And if people can keep that in mind, and that is um, developmentally is the most sensitive area of our brain, and therefore is the most uh, affected by addictive su- substances, and therefore our judgment is impaired. Yeah. 
So we, you know, that has to be understood. If it's an, if your judgment is impaired, so you don't know whether you can drive or not. Mm-hmm. You think you can, and so those around us, around the person who's got the problem or who is under the influence, has to be willing to say, "No, you your judgment is impaired." Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, and start from there. Well, and, and and you know, you you touch on that the 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 brain and and, and frontal lobe and stuff. I mean, I've got a, a it's, I believe it's a five minute video, and, and it's kind of silly, I, I admit, but I always have parents watch it. But it helps that it, it just uses very very matter of fact um, examples of 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 dopamine and 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 how serotonin works and uptake and satiation levels and different things that that they can look at because you know inevitably I'll have a parent like well I don't understand why they can't just stop and it's like well it's a disease <laughs> you know yeah. it's not mm-hmm. an on off switch um, so I'll have them watch that video and and you know it's it like I say it's a little silly video I think it's it's uh, gosh, I wish I could remember Doherty. I think her name is. She did a great job with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have them watch that. And and there again, just a little bit of education. And there now you understand why you know one guy, two guys can can leave from work and stop by the the bar and grill, and and one has a beer or two. And well, I got to go and 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 get to my appointment or to dinner or whatever it is that they have planned for the rest of the evening. And the other one, well, one turns into twelve because that's how his satiation works and that's how you know but there's little things out there like that that are super easy totally accessible anybody that can operate a computer or their phone can get to it but um yeah it's tough how can they get to it do you know Uh, is that a youtube uh and and if you could see my desk it's covered with papers um doherty's her last name i can't remember the Gosh, I could just remember it. I could look it up, but it's yeah, it's it's a video that I that I have written down for parents, and of course, right now in my piling system, I don't see it. Okay, so people can just use the computer in its in a useful way and find out more background, so they can have an understanding to be able to help the person get the help that he or she needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's all kinds of so it really. I found it. It's it's the pathology of addiction and that's, by Janice Doherty. Seven minutes doesn't take long. Ah, okay, okay. So that's certainly one place that people can look and understand, mm-hmm. get to understand the nature of addiction, yeah. so they can feel less intimidated in talk, talking to somebody about what they're seeing. Right. And then they can also because understand why... That's what an intervention is. Well, they can also understand why it's different from one person to another and why one person can can yeah. really go along with, um, you know, the, the, the program and, and, and have a beer or two or whatever and then go on with their evening and it's not a big deal. And the other one, they can't. That, that There's... They're, their chemical makeup is different. Their way they process things is different. And that gets rid of the stigma. Well, and, I, and I'll use the example a lot of times with, with kids. They don't know him, but when I was a kid, I knew him. Um, uh, he was just drafted by the Boston Celtics, Len Bias. 
and I'll tell him to pull up the Len Bias story. He had never pretty pretty clean kid from from all accounts and stuff like that. Well, the night of the draft was a, a the, and he I mean this kid just became a millionaire, drafted by the Celtics of all things, and and uh, for the first time ever he he goes ahead and he tries cocaine. Well, he never woke up again. So. You tell me if, if his body chemistry is like yep. everybody else's, you know, it's, it's, it's just, we're all different. So. Yeah. If we can understand that, we can then feel less, uh, stigmatized. Say you, your body chemistry is not able to process, mm-hmm. uh, substances like other people. So you have to be responsive to who you are, what your body, what your body yeah. can do and be respectful of your body. And it isn't a matter of, you know, there's something wrong with you. It's a matter of your body chemistry. Yeah, we're all different. Definitely. And, then, you know, and, and I think there's the obvious. You yep. know, you take a, a a person that's that's 5'4 and 110 pounds, and you take someone who's 6'3 and 240 pounds. Well, common sense, I think, would tell you, but certainly basic physics would tell you it's probably going to take a little more alcohol, so to speak, for the for the 240 pound person than the 110 pound person. However, um, what if, well, what if that 240 pound person has never drank before and that 110 pound person drinks all the time? Their satiation level is going to be very different. And and while you would make the assumption that, well, that's not exactly how that situation is going to go either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons the NIH has always said that social drinking for a male, maybe two drinks at an event, mm-hmm. uh, but for a woman, it's one yeah. because the body chemistry and body uh, and body weight and so forth is very different. Yeah, yeah. But you and I have have seen seen women who drink much more than one yeah. and don't understand, and as they say, drink the guy under the oh, table absolutely. and don't understand it. That's the difference we're talking about. When I was uh, now again, we got to battle through the cobwebs. But when I was a police officer years ago, one of the first times I ever encountered a DUI situation was a, a female, um, I don't know, I'm going to say mid-40s. Uh, she, her blood alcohol, I believe, was a 0.43, if I'm not mistaken. She was still walking and talking. She was still, you know, yeah, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just sit there, and 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 it's just it's just mind boggling sometimes how I can only imagine how long she had been drinking to get to that point. I mean that that that's that's sure. you're starting to get into those lethal levels of of wow. I mean that is crazy. She's, you got she it. Was, now she wasn't very functional. Don't get me wrong, but she could walk and talk. And it was, it just blew me like I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, I think what we're saying as a holiday gift to the people you love is to be aware uh, if they're starting to get into trouble because they really are not in a position to acknowledge or to even see that they're in trouble. Yeah, could be. And the, the parent or the family member say, look, this is the not judge them but say this is the evidence that you're in trouble yeah well or make it more about family make it more about the celebration make it more about the gifts make it more about i mean make it more about anything 
I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, you talk to somebody and, and so-and-so showed up and they'd already been drinking and the sun is still out. <laughs> it's like, geez, yeah. you know, like, you know, but you got to understand some, one of the difficult, some people can't even take a day break, you know, well, don't feed them booze. <laughs> yeah. Kind of simple. And, and, and people say, well, it's the holidays. I can't, you know, everybody drinking. I can't not drink. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, what I tell my clients is then don't go. Tell stay stay home this year. Try try staying home this year. Get, do do a Zoom call. Do a you know I don't care what because everybody's different. Again, I don't care what it takes for you on your path of sobriety to get there, but do that. And you know because again you know you get into our culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's here's one of my pet peeves in our culture currently right now. You know, there's every every year, every now and again, you get these these catchphrases, right? Well, the buzzword that drives me nuts is harm reduction, harm reduction treatment. We're going to give you medication oh. that reduce the cravings, and and so now instead of instead of going out and 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 getting totally, you know, crazy drunk, well, you're only going to have two or three. Well, a good luck with that approach, and b. It, it embarrasses me as a licensed addictions counselor to know that that's part of it. To me, that is nothing more than classic minimization and enabling and all the things that you're trained early on not to do. And yet here we are as, as providers doing just that. But again, that's driven by our culture. That's what a lot of, and, and, and I guess at, if nothing else, perhaps it could be a good start. Maybe, maybe they're in that pre-contemplation stage where they realize they should slow down a little bit. and they. So I don't want to make it sound like it's horrible in that sense. But in me as a licensed addiction professional, it, it's, it, boy, that, that's a tough pill for me to swallow where I just sit there like, wow, that's, that's, where, that's where we've, I guess I can't even say evolved to because I don't know that that's evolution. I think that's a step backwards, but it's where we're at. Well, one of the things that, Listening to what you're saying, I'm thinking about one of the ways that people can get some understanding of whether or not they have a problem is if they make a decision at a party or anything, any place else to either not use at all or, as they say, with alcohol to be at a party and one drink and that's it. If you cannot maintain that. You've got a problem. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to measure it. I had a I had a client, um, trained professional, uh, t- a teacher, an educator, both at the high school and college level. Um, never had a DUI. Happily married. Um, she she's really a cool lady. I mean, I, I she was she was nice to talk to. She was um, very very intelligent and insightful. Her issue was drinking. And she asked me, she's like, how can I decide if I have a drinking problem or not? And, and when you have none of those measurables, you don't have a DUI, you don't have any of these strong indicators, you know, you can do a cage assessment or whatever. But I asked her real simple. I said, are you drinking the drink or is the drink drinking you? And she just paused and she looked at me and she's like, I think that's a great question. I don't, you know, and I said, well, think about it. I, can you stop? So when you say that, can you go to the to the party and just, mm-hmm. just sip on a beer or whatever? If you can't, that's an indicator that you may have a problem. Right. So what her and I came up with was, how long yep. do you think you could go without drinking? 
a couple days, a week, a month? Where, what, like, what, what would be a good measuring stick for you to decide, yeah, I think I got this, or boy, uh, it's a struggle. And she came up with a week. I think I, I should absolutely be able to go a week. As it is, I already go days without, so let, let's just shoot for a week. Well, guess who I didn't see for three weeks? And she came in and she only came in one Mm -hmm. more time and she was very embarrassed that she couldn't make it even a week. So here's someone, no DUIs, no, no, no measurables, great marriage, really, really neat lady, right? Well, I don't know that on any of these uh, questionnaires, she's going to show up as an alcoholic. But I think, I think in her not coming back in and her only coming in once, I think she answered the question herself. The drink was drinking her. And she couldn't stop. She you probably it. needed to. She she needs to do something different. And that's why I say it looks a little different for everybody. Right. Well, we've given people a whole lot of information and hope that people will use it. And certainly one of them is is to try a gift, holiday gift of sobriety for the holidays or however you want to measure, as, as Aaron has just said, changing your behavior and see if there's a problem for you. And then you can decide what to do afterwards and perhaps give yourself the gift of a sober, of sober lifestyle. This has been Educational, Aaron, and I thank you for being on today. And I look forward to uh, Uh, Maybe we'll have more opportunities to talk and find out, uh, talk more about the field. And uh, we will then uh, wish you a happy holiday. And uh, to all in our audience, happy holidays also. This is Bill Lundgren from Blindsight, a product of the uh, information Network of Colorado. Thank you.